All right, time is money. And that means your time is valuable and it is something not to be wasted. Doing the same thing over and over again is not only the definition of insanity, but it's the reason you're still working in your business and not on your business. All right, I get it. I understand. The fear of making that first hire is absolutely real. I had it myself because you're so concerned about whether or not you will have enough money or whether or not you have enough work for the person you hire to do. Or maybe you wonder if, you know, you'll get a dud when you don't really pick the right person because you don't know how to pick the right person. Well, in this podcast episode, I am going to share some common mistakes that people hire when they're looking to hire, as well as give some of my tips to avoid them. Now, I'm here to help you. Okay. I am here to help you make sense of it all so that you get off the hamster wheel of working in your business and finally start building your team. All right. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, keep listening to this podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, the BU boss. And my goal here is to help you put that consistency in your business so that you can be ever evolving and so that you are not afraid, but you are open to the failures that sometimes happen, but how you get to the successes, okay? So when we come back, we're going to dive right into the topic at hand. Okay. Welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and I'm so happy that you are joining me today. Subscribe if a CEO mindset is something you want to obtain and you want to find the intersection where your work and life coexist. The sky is the limit when you're clear about your value, consistent in the way you share said value, and you're upfront and honest about who you are while sharing it. There are so many examples to follow and learn from. Let's get into today's, shall we? We are back and we're going to start off with the very first mistake. And that is thinking that you can't afford to hire someone in the first place. And the truth of the matter is you may not be able to pay someone on a regular basis. Maybe you are not generating that much income, but you have found yourself in a position where the income you are generating is taking up a lot of your time. I Sometimes I look at, um, well, I won't say sometimes, the truth is as a consultant or someone who does coaching, there are only so many hours in a day. So if you're coaching full time, you still have to make time for the admin, the marketing, the bookkeeping, and all of the things in between. God forbid you have, you know, a personal life at all, because that also has to be, you know, taken care of, right? You have a wife, if you have a husband, if you have kids, if you want to hang out with your girlfriends, you want to travel. So you do have to make time for yourself. So what do you do? How can you wrap your mind around the idea that you can't actually hire people and you don't have to have a huge budget to do it. Well, first thing I would say, dip your toe in the water and just get used to the idea of having to delegate tasks out. So look at your local colleges or look at some of the younger kids, young adults in your area who may be looking for internship opportunities. To me, that's like a great idea so that you can get the get into the mindset of leading 
and managing and also understanding what tasks you can delegate, how to delegate them, and what it feels like to work with someone. So the first thing I would suggest, if you feel like you just can't afford to have someone on a team, then look at internships. Next, offer opportunities to people. And I just came from an amazing event. It was the podcast movement. And um, I mentioned this some of my social media this past week where I really was not intending to go to this conference. I was on a podcast with a fellow podcaster. I was a guest on her podcast. And after which we were talking, just general conversation, and she mentioned this uh, event to me. And she asked me if I was going to go. And I said, hmm, I hadn't even heard of it. And so she said, I'll send you information, which she did. When I looked it up, guys, it was very pricey and it was out of my budget. She then in turn invited me to come to the conference as a member of her team. And I had to work for her, right? Because I'm a member of her team. And on my badge, it said I was her uh, production assistant. And as that, I would hold a camera for her when she interviewed people for her speakers magazine and for her social media. And so I was hired, right? She didn't have to pay me any money, but she afforded me an opportunity that I could not do for myself. So maybe you could do that for other people. If you need to hire someone, maybe it's for a specific occasion. If you're a photographer, or if you're a wardrobe stylist, if you are running webinars, for instance, if someone needs to have access to that information, then give them the opportunity or afford them the opportunity to assist you where thereby you're getting what you need in an assistant and they are getting what they need in the information that you're sharing or that is being shared. So it's another way that you could build out a team, if you will, or have delegate, have the ability to delegate tasks. So you should consider doing something along those lines. Now, these very first two are free. You don't have to pay any money because you are exchanging, exchanging services. Um, for information. Now, the next one I would say is to outsource internationally. This is one that I have taken advantage of. You can find outsourcing agencies that can help you find people to delegate tasks to, i.e. virtual assistants. You can get marketing assistants. You can get all kinds of things um, where the agency will find you someone. And if you've ever read the four-hour work week, which I highly recommend you do, then inside this book, it gives you a ton of details about outsourcing your services or your tasks so that you can work on your business and not in your business. Um, so I will link that book down below so that if you've never read it, you can grab it because it does go into great detail about outsourcing and how you can find or build a team that way at a very affordable price point. So the next and last thing that I would suggest to you do, if you feel like you can't afford it, but to debunk it because you can't afford it, is to, con is to construct a network of contractors that works on a case-by-case -case basis. I also have a friend and fellow entrepreneur. I've actually, uh, I am actually a part of their contractor cohort, if you will. And whenever there are marketing services or executive coaching services or process management services needed, they will call me on a case-by-case -case basis. And they basically have me subcontract through them where they're not paying me. The person who provide who needs the service is paying me, but they're paying me through this um, cohort, this, this company that I subcontract with. So they become the conduit through which I get paid. 
So you can hire people on that level as well. Find contractors that are servicing the same group of people that you're servicing, create somewhat of a cohort. And then as you all get jobs, you can bid out on those jobs and you can be the conduit for the person who's actually going to fulfill the job to get paid. So do not think that you cannot afford to build out a team. You just have to change your mindset around what you think a team is, okay? Now, are you that gal who can go out and hire people and have them on payroll or have them as a 1099? I hope you can. That's great. That's wonderful. But if you're not, don't be afraid to delegate. Don't be afraid to build out what you can um, so that you can get what you need done and start working on your business and not in your business. Now, the next mistake that some people make when they are trying to hire is they skip the phone interview. Now, I truly believe in this because when it comes to qualifying people, this is a huge deal because time is money. Remember, we talked about that up at the top. Time is money. And so you want to save as much of your time as you possibly can. So when you are able to hire and you do need to go through an interview process, then spend a little bit of time creating a framework or a template for phone interviews. And in these phone interviews, you want to qualify the person to see if they can make it to the next stage of the interview process. So you want to look at things like, are they really knowledgeable about the area you need them to be knowledgeable about? For instance, uh, I was recently doing a discovery call with someone and they had hired a marketing company to help them. And the marketing company is obviously able to post on social media. They understand what uh, email nurturing is and they know how to create um, somewhat of a funnel. However, they did not listen to her. They did not um, provide her with what she needed in a timely manner. They did not have professionalism that she was looking for. And so, yeah, they may be knowledgeable in an area, but you want to make sure that they're knowledgeable with exactly what it is you need them to perform in your business. Otherwise, it can be a waste of time. So you can do this by qualifying on the phone. Next, you can look at their skill level. Yes, they may be able to do X, but can they do X to the degree that you need them to? Case in point, yes, they can write an email. They can write, they know how to structure an email. However, is it going to be a, a, a nurturing email that eventually converts? That means you need to have some sort of sales copy experience where you understand the psychology of your customer base and you know how to hit their emotional buttons to get them to move along in your funnel. I admit, this has been a struggle for me even. I am great with content copy, but sales copy is something that I delegate. I will have to delegate out. So you want to make sure that they understand the difference, for instance, between sales copy and content copy. They may say that, oh, yes, I do tons of writing. I know how to write. But is it editorial writing? Is it sales copy writing? Is it content writing? You want to clarify so understand their skill level. Also, what about their availability? Um, if you need someone that is going to be able to work on certain days or for a certain amount of time, if you need them to come to you versus work virtually, these are all things that can be identified during a phone interview. Also, what about their expectations? Can you manage that? Do you live up to what they need a boss to be? Maybe it's the payment. Maybe it's the time constraints. Maybe it's 
you know, certain time off. I don't know. But you want to make sure that you understand what their expectations of you are as well. And again, they definitely need to understand what your expectations are of them. And then lastly, that synergy. I really think it's important for you to to really um, be able to connect with the person that you hire. That brings me to number three, and that is chemistry is very important. Um, when it comes to synergy, you want to make sure that you work well together. It should be a dance. My uh, video editor is amazing. Earl is fantastic, and she does an amazing job editing my videos. I am not a micromanager, so that's awesome, and that synergy works because she doesn't have to um, like wait for me to approve a lot of things. She doesn't, I'm not like constantly having to look over her shoulder. She gets me, she understands my aesthetic and I pretty much trust that what she's going to do with my videos is what I am looking for. We haven't had too many occasions where that wasn't the case, but you want to make sure that there's synergy there. And then also number three, like I said, chemistry is important. Now, how do you determine chemistry? What I would suggest as far as branding and your business is concerned is to create a company culture, period. Have a company culture for your business that stems from your personal framework. Who are you? What are your likes? What are your what are your strengths? What are your limitations? What are your desires? And what are your non-negotiables? Make sure that whomever you choose to work for you is sort of in line with that, that framework. And they get that. They compliment you where you're strong maybe that's an area you won't use them in but where you have limitations they can pick up they understand what it is you want and they know how not to tap into those non-negotiables so you want to create a company culture that's based on your personal framework is my opinion and then that will make it a lot easier for you to find alignment with the people that you are going to hire okay now a lot can be learned Again, in that phone conversation about alignment, but I want you when you get them in your space, when you are actually talking to them in the physical interview, I want you to listen for if they're going to mention some of those non-negotiables that you have on your in, within your personal framework. If they are, you know they're not a good fit. Also, listen to see if they um, hit any of your triggers that make your ears pop up where you think, hmm. It's probably not going to be the best choice. Or maybe they're just not in alignment with your values. And again, that's why that chemistry is important and making sure that you're operating from your personal framework to make sure that they fit within that personal framework and that there will be chemistry with you and you can work with them. Number four is to do some digging. Don't rely on that surface information that a resume gives or that that phone conversation gives even, do some digging because we all put our best foot forward when we are trying to do something that we think we really want to do. That's with dating, that's with befriending people, that's with filling out applications for jobs, and that's with the actual interview process. So do a little bit more digging. Go into their social media, make sure that you ask for that information on your application or when you're doing the phone interview so that you can check to make sure that they're aligning with who they say they are. You want to make sure that what they're saying is real and that it is not just for that particular day. You can look back at their social media and see exactly what is going on and see if, if what who they say they are is in alignment with what you see. 
Um, also, you want to check to make sure that there aren't any cultural barriers that could potentially prevent them from providing you the service that you need. This is not anything bad. It's just that certain people have days of the week that they cannot work. They have certain activities that they cannot perform. They have certain attire that they are not allowed to wear. So these are not barriers for you to hire them. These are just things that you need to understand prior to hiring them so that everyone's expectations are managed, okay? So that's why it's important to do a little bit deeper digging to understand the people that you are interviewing that you are potentially going to hire to bring onto your team. Now, the fifth, the fifth thing that I think is a common mistake that people make when they hire is they think that people are going to want to stay in that same role, right? They don't. You want to, prior to even hiring these people, is to start to think a little bit farther out and say, okay, what is the track for them? Usually when I speak with someone, especially if I don't have a huge budget to work with them, the incentive is that there is growth. There is growth opportunity. I may start you off on a lower, a lower salary or a lower rate. However, I value loyalty and I say that up front and I say this may be where you start, but I have um, a strong drive and I feel like we are going places. And if you stick around and you're around for that ride, I will reward you once we get there. And, you know, you will see the people who um, are willing to take that journey with you. And I feel like they become very loyal people because they are invested in your success because they know that there is something greater for them. So do not go into hiring thinking that person wants to stay in that same space because they don't. They're looking for growth opportunities as well, especially if you're starting them in a low entry or entry level position. They're definitely going into it if they accept it, thinking that there may be room for growth. So you wanna make sure that you've also thought that through and created a growth plan for them in their um, in their employment with you so that that is always in your mind and you are creating opportunities for that to happen for them. All right, now, number six, another common mistake that I find people make when they are starting, when they are starting to consider hiring people is they do not test their hirees, their potential employees. They see the resume, they do the phone interview, they bring them in for the in-person interview, they feel like there's chemistry, but they don't test. Now, this is something that I learned when I first started to build out my team, and that was give them a task. They, the, before we confirm everything, I have a simple task that I'll ask you to do over the course of the next week. We will come back and revisit and we will review how that went how we work together throughout the week, and then we will make our final decision after that. Test, take, um, I, I call it task to test. That is what I think is a really good idea and it's something that people do not do. And this is what gets them in trouble once the person has been hired and they thought they had all this synergy and they felt like that the skill set was where it needed to be, but then they get there and it's like, okay, wait, we're not working that great together. She's not answering my emails. She's not doing it fast enough. Um, she doesn't seem uh, she doesn't seem too into it, or uh, what she did is completely wrong. She didn't listen to what I said. So you want to task to test, 
prior to giving the official offer. I think that is a way to avoid hiring the wrong person as well, just by giving them a little bit of a train and not training, but a little bit of a task prior to the official commitment to hire. Now, the second thing that I think people sometimes make a mistake with when they hire is they don't pay attention to the non-verbal communication. This is a huge deal because I think that it's here. You will really find answers, those unspoken answers that tell you who a person really is. So nonverbal communication is often those habits and unconscious actions. So you want to pay very, very close attention to them. You've seen it when you are watching poker players. People have a tail or, you know, even the. Uh, law enforcement watches that behavior, the things that you're doing when you're not talking. So I think that this is a mistake that we make sometimes when we're hiring is that we do not pay attention to those nonverbal cues that people are sharing with us. Things like their facial expressions or body language or hand gestures or even eye contact. I think these are important things to take a look at when you are looking at hiring someone. You want to make sure that you are picking up on some things that are not being spoken. Other types of nonverbal communication come in with your appearance. You can tell a lot about a person about by the way they put themselves together. Um, you can tell if they're detail-oriented to some degree by the way they put an outfit together. You can tell if they are going to be, um, you know, intentional about the things that they do. A lot can be said for the way a person pulls themselves together. You can tell by the, their personal style. Are they going to be a little bit more casual? Could they potentially be type A? Um, you can tell a lot with the nonverbal communication. So I think not paying attention to it could be a mistake. So don't do it. Pay attention to those keys. All right. The eighth mistake that I think is common when people are beginning to hire is to avoid um, is creating these, these broad descriptions about what they want the person to do. Be very specific. That's why I feel like we talked about it earlier. What was that one? When we talked about... testing them before we hire them. Um, and we talked about, did I get to... Yeah, that company culture. That's the other thing. Um, so if you are creating broad descriptions, it means you really don't know what you want them to do. You really don't have a clue of how your business works. And so I suggest that you create systems and processes that are duplicable so that you already know what the system looks like and you've created templates for people to follow. Um, and that way it's easier to position them in their role and it makes it a lot faster for them to go ahead and get connected to the dynamic of your business. One of the things that you can do is create an onboarding process that offers them all of the, the trainings on maybe video trainings um, for the specific job that they're going to do. The onboarding process will navigate them through the different departments that they'll potentially have to work with. And then it also shows them maybe how their role affects the roles of everyone else. So you want to be very specific with your job description so that they understand exactly what it is they are going to be tasked to do. 
and you want to create those systems in place and those templates in place and maybe even checklists in place to help them do the specific tasks that you're hiring them to do. So you want to give them as much as much as you possibly can. And then number nine, uh, the ninth mistake that I think people make is they don't fall or they fall for these fancy degrees. And they think that whatever they see on paper is like, oh, wow, she was this or she has this certification or she has that degree. Well, trust me when I tell you that you do not have to have a certification for a lot of things. You do not have to have a degree to be amazing at a lot of things. Um, social media just recently became a major that you could major in in college. You know, social media as some part of the communications major. When I was in marketing, when I was in school for marketing, there was no such thing as social media. So even though I am degreed, that does not necessarily mean that I have what I need, you know, if we were solely going on whether or not I am degreed to perform social media or to, to run someone's social media account. He really just needs someone who's good at it and understands it and can get the job done. So don't get hung up on those fancy degrees and those fancy certificates because you will miss out on some really good people that could work for you. That's why all these things that I talked about before is so important. Having that synergy, doing that phone interview, doing the in-person interview and watching for those nonverbal cues that you might get and making sure that you've done your due diligence to create the systems and processes that can be duplicated and you can just sort of push, put someone right down in that spot and get them started on what it is you need them to do. Now, the 10th and final thing that I want to talk about today that you could possibly do as a mistake when you are hiring, trying to hire someone, is to think that you have to stick to some sort of criteria. Well, you don't. You can create your own plan. Again, let's go back to that onboarding process that I was telling you about, I use Asana for my onboarding process, but it gives you everything you need to push someone through the beginning stages of working with you, making sure that you are giving them everything they need to um, project management tool. Um, and that way you can house all of the paperwork that needs to be housed. You can make sure that all the acknowledgements that need to be made are made. You can make sure that they have signed off and checked that they saw it, that they did it, that they're aware of it, that they, they watched the training video. So there really aren't any excuses, excuses on the back end when you are ready to start work and get the job. And it's also a resource that they can go back to if they need to, if they struggle with, you know, if they forget who's in charge of what or where they should go for what assistance, having an onboarding process, a template for that, having a process that you have them go through is just amazing. So you don't have to look at someone else's criteria for hiring. You can create one of your own. All right. So I am so glad that you listened to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that this was helpful. If you are ready to start working on your business and not in your business, DM me, reply, comment to this podcast episode because it can be a daunting task. And I told you this in the last podcast, or maybe I said it in my in one of my videos, is that I have learned just from listening and um, really being in the trenches with you guys that personal branding is what I'm sharing to help you. I'm, I'm teaching you how to leverage who you are. That's my definition 
of personal branding. That's the verb of using who you are. But ultimately, what I'm really sharing with you is how to be more efficient, effective, and aware as a leader and how to use who you are to do that. So I'm giving you permission to be yourself. And here on this podcast, I'm showing you the way. I'm holding your hand and I'm guiding you. So I hope that you are enjoying it. I hope that you will subscribe and continue listening. Now, here's the other thing that I have been telling you. Did you know that the CEO Mindset Podcast is on Apple Podcast? It's on Spotify and it's on Google Podcast. Go to one of those outlets. It's on, you can look me up on any of your favorite podcast um, platforms. Look up the CEO Mindset Podcast subscribe and make sure that you give me some um, reviews because I have not been telling you guys that. So that's my bad. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I look forward to next week. Well, I don't even know what we'll be talking about, but be sure to come back and uh, listen. All right. Talk to you next time, guys. I bet you thought an inspection, balance, and alignment were words only used to describe a car tune-up. Nope, you may need one as well. As the BU Boss, I work with people just like you, people in need of a tune-up. Let me help you become a more effective, efficient, and aware leader so that you can live the life you want doing what you're passionate about. Visit my website, andreapatrick.com today and click work with me in the menu selection. I'd love to get on a discovery call with you so that we can work on your brand tune-up. That does it for today's episode of the CEO Mindset Podcast. Remember, this is the place to be to find the intersection between your personal life and your business life so that they coexist. It's also where you learn how to consistently evolve and be open to the failures that happen, be open to the opportunities, be open to the opportunity for change. Make sure you are subscribed. Leave your comments below about today's episode if you have any questions, comments, concerns. I want to hear all about them and I want to hear how you are using what you hear to grow your business, live the life you love, and have that quality of life that we are all looking to achieve. All right, guys, don't forget to follow me over on Instagram, AF Patrick. Definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel, Andrea Patrick Official. All the links that you need to continue following and being a part of the BU Boss Squad community is listed in the show notes along with any other links that I think might be amazing for this particular podcast. Remember, we are on all the podcast uh, platforms. So if you have not already, find us and subscribe. See you again next week.